2: Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Juliette Sarley. We are coming to a little earlier than normal today because, of course, we've got the last call. But let's have a look at where markets are tracking. Uh, It has been a day where we've seen some gains coming through today, and we're up by about a third of 1% on the SIBO 200 index. This, of course, after what has been a pretty uh, ho-hum week in terms of what we've seen more broadly across the the markets. Uh, Of course, we didn't get much price action in terms of direction from overseas with the US closed for Thanksgiving. So when we look at uh, some of the themes that we've been really following across the course of the week, it is kind of this ho-hum week because the gain that we've seen today has pretty much just offset the loss that we were already at over the five days to today. Um, and that's, of course, as we took in a raft of offshore moves and particularly some big moves coming through in commodity prices this week. You did, of course, have a little bit of a reversal too in the China story with those properties players. Uh, I'm looking as well at Origin. Of course, that shareholder vote has been pushed out and we did see a bit of momentum coming through in Origin rallying today. And then retail reality. You know, we know that these higher interest rates are starting to bite. And I think this week we've had something like three uh, retailers come through and Adairs was the latest, the homeware retailer today at its AGM saying that it's seen sales for the first 21 weeks of this financial year down by some nine percent. And earlier in the week, we heard a similar theme coming through from Uh, La And then, of course, we also had Country Road warning too. So, what does all of that mean? Is it going to be a bit of a a dismal uh, Christmas for the retailers? Certainly, a number of these higher rates, higher living costs. My WhatsApp chats today with my friends have all been about how expensive our electricity bills are um, really starting to bite the average consumer. Let's have a look at some of the sectors. I mentioned, of course, the move in Origin, and that has helped a lot of the utility stocks today. Origin, not there, but we'll get to that in a moment. AGL up by about eight tenths of one percent. Speaking of higher energy bills and uh, having a look at the metals and mining space as well. BHP up by about four tenths of one percent. Remember, that's hit a six month high this week. Rio looking good too. South 32 pretty flat and Fortescue, which has changed its name to just Fortescue now, up by one percent, $25.16. And a quick look at the retailers, because I did mention, of course, the weakness we're seeing from a lot of them when they update their shareholders at AGM. Uh, Harvey Norman they're down by four tenths of one percent it is Black Friday but uh, hopefully some of those retailers will see some effects of that LaVisa having a 3.8 percent fall and of course we've been following Nick Scarly a lot this week after Anthony Scarly sold down 50 million of his shares via UBS what does he know that perhaps we don't all right let's have a look at some of the other top corporate stories I mentioned Dares. Uh, holding its AGM warning. The cost of living crisis has impacted all three of its businesses. Adair shares up by 1.4%. WiseTech Global also had its AGM today. Uh, It is the latest tech company to join the conga line of cost-out programs, which is expected to deliver a net $15 million in savings in full year 24. We did see uh, WiseTech down about 3.5%. Origin Energy, I mentioned, of course, that shareholder vote uh, on the Brookfields buyout now postponed until December 24. And just having a look at some of the other companies that we've been following, Virgin Money UK, their shares down by about 6% following, of course, an update that it had in the UK overnight, its full-year profit missing expectations.
0: it's a brilliant business Um, you know you can't doubt that it has been for quite a long time Um, but it's not cheap you you pay for that quality $22 billion market cap about 50 times um, EBITDA and I think the concerns of the market is that as it's gotten bigger that growth has naturally slowed Um, and in the past most of that has been acquisitive growth Um, and you know it's hard to do that as you get bigger. Acquisitions acquisitions either have to get bigger or you need your organic growth to, to sort of supplement. I have always appreciated um CEOs and you see it with founder CEOs who have that long term mentality that they just tell you what the plan is and what they're gonna do and sort of let the market, you know, do what it does. And um, so that's why, as I said, I I found that address, CEO address quite enjoyable to read. Richard's definitely got that sort of longer term focus. And so for the right shareholders willing to stomach some short term volatility, I think there's still a nice long term story here with WiseTech.
1: I think that WiseTech is not such a good quality business because its growth has been less organic compared to, actually most of those stocks I named, it's, it's organic growth. And organic growth is generally more of a sign of a competitive advantage than uh, just a roll-up strategy. So I don't actually see it as really fitting happily into that group. And but the market does. And in fact, everything you guys were just like Luke, what you were saying, sort of shows that is that is generally how people think of it. And at the risk of being wrong and a little bit contrarian, I actually don't think it's such a good business as the, as everybody thinks. And as a result of that, I would. I would actually say sell and I I don't hold it myself.
2: Welcome to the COB, our guest, Shane Oliver, AMP Chief Economist, and uh, Shane, always good to see you. It's really going to be about what uh, we see from the RBA in December. We heard from Michelle Bullock a couple of times this week talking about inflation being homegrown. Uh, we also, of course, have the upcoming retail sales data. What did you think of Michelle Bullock's week and speeches and uh, whether or not we will see that December hike?
1: Look, I don't think we will see a December hike, but you'd have to say those uh, speeches, there was the panel, then the minutes, I think I've got the order right here, then the minutes, then of course the um, the main speech on Wednesday night. I mean, the tone generally was hawkish. Uh, the Reserve Bank is concerned that inflation <laughs> is increasingly demand-driven, focused on services in particular which may be sticky and the best way to respond to that in their view is with higher interest rates not necessarily the only way but um, the the only tool they've really got so it it does keep i guess investors on edge it partly explains i think why the aussie share market this week has been somewhat lackluster compared to global markets i think the us market week to date is up 0.9 percent we're about flat Uh, Likewise from the lows back in uh, October, the US share market is up something like 9% uh, almost at an all-time high. I think it's only 5% away from an all-time high, whereas our gains have been a lot less than that. So the Reserve Bank is part of that. Other central banks are making more signs that they're at or close to the top, probably at the top, not necessarily rushing to cut, but at the top. Uh, Whereas in Australia, you know, you've still got this high risk that they might move again. Um, I I don't think there was necessarily anything surprising in Michelle Bullock's comments, but you would have to say they were hawkish and they do underline the still high risk of another hike. The reason I don't think they'll move in December is that I think next week's retail sales numbers will be on the soft side, consistent with what you were just saying about Ades. And I think also uh, the CPI number will show a monthly gain of zero, which will see the annual rate fall back to 5.2%. And just bear in mind, there are some very, very high numbers in the CPI applying in the December quarter last year and also particularly on a monthly basis in November, December. They will start to drop out in the uh, months ahead, uh, particularly for the December quarter numbers, um, and that will lead to a further fall in inflation. So I think ultimately... The RBA won't move again, but uh, yeah, I've been too uh, too dovish on this. And, uh, um, yeah, the risk is still there that they may still mm. move again. But uh, I'd, I'd put the risk around 40%, 40%, 45% thereabouts.
2: I guess as well, Shane, it's not really as much as whether they move again, but how long rates stay here. And, I mean, most market forecasters are saying we won't see any kind of cuts till February 25, whereas potentially you'll start to see the Fed move in, in June next year.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, that has a number of implications. Uh, if you look just over the last few weeks, uh, expectations for the Fed uh, interest rates there, market expectations have sort of come down a little bit. If anything, uh, whereas in Australia they've gone up a little bit. Uh, so the interest rate differential is sort of moving. It Starting, it's still negative, but it's moving in the direction in favour of Australia of Australia, which partly explains why the Aussie dollar is up over the last few weeks, up around sixty five fifty where those lows were in the 62s. Um, but yes, you're right. I, 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 think, I, I don't think the RBA will, will wait all the way up to February 2025. I think we'll see cuts in the, in the second half of next year, but we've got a long way to go to get to that point. Uh, we are clearly lagging the US. Our inflation la- is, rate is lagging the US by about six months. I don't think that necessarily means the RBA has to get a whole lot more cautious because those high inflation numbers late last year will start to drop out. Um, but but nevertheless, yeah, we do perhaps have higher for longer um, and we will probably lag the Fed in terms of starting to cut interest rates. Another implication from all of this is that it's starting to weigh on the property market. Uh, if you look at CoreLogic data so far this month, uh, that they reported that we've gone to a record high on average. That's driven by particularly Brisbane, Perth and Adelaide. Um, Sydney is still just below a record high. Melbourne is a fair way below a record high. Um, but the momentum that we're seeing in Sydney and Melbourne has really slowed down since May. Uh, look at auction clearance rates. You know, they were 70 to 75% recently on domain numbers. They've been around 60 to 65%. And it seems to me that the uh, high interest rate environment is starting to get the upper hand again. Uh, Whereas for much of this year, the property market has been dominated by the shortage of property in the face of booming immigration levels. So it looks to me like momentum is slowing down, Sydney is leading the way there and therefore the risk of price falls in home prices next year, I think is, uh, is actually quite high.
2: Okay, let's talk about the overall markets. Um, I mean, we're pretty unchanged over the course of the week. But uh, in terms of some of the sentiment indicators, do you think potentially some of this so-called pre-Santa rally has got ahead of itself?
1: I think it has. Uh, it's it would have been nice when share markets were coming. I don't like bear markets. It makes me feel unhappy and all that sort of stuff. Most people don't like them unless, you, unless you're unless you short. But uh Uh, You know, one one thing with bear market is that it it makes shares cheap and uh, sentiment gets washed out. So so shares become undervalued and unloved. Um, Shares did come down into October, but, you know, it's hard to argue they were dirt cheap and sentiment came down from somewhat a ebullient earlier this year to more average sort of levels, um, but they didn't quite, I wouldn't say they quite got to unloved levels. Uh, now we've seen this bounce back. Sentiment towards shares has improved. Um, but I think what's happened in share markets is that they've probably moved a little bit ahead of themselves, as you suggested, perhaps in your question there. Um, share markets are now somewhat overbought. Um, I wouldn't say sentiment is euphoric or anything like that, but it's sort of it's not at the level you'd normally want to see to see the start of a major bull market or a continuation of a major bull market. So there is that risk of a short-term pullback in markets. And I'm also conscious that when you look at seasonality, we often look at it just on a monthly basis. November is the strongest month of the year in the US, followed by, I think it's December. Um, and then January is usually pretty good as well. Uh, interestingly, um, the period from the fir- in the first two weeks of December, which we're coming into, are actually a bit sideways on so a seasonality point of view. The Santa rally really kicks in in the last two weeks of December. And in Australia... Um, seasonality really doesn't get that positive until we go into December but I, th- I think the bottom line is your shares have run a bit ahead of themselves could see a bit of a pullback uh, but I still think we're probably going to see a decent Santa rally into uh, into Christmas or right. into a uh, year-end.
2: Um, we've got to leave in a moment but the people are asking I'm not joking Shane people out there were saying you've got to ask him what's he reading what's he listening to I just saw Goldfinch from Donna tart behind you that's one of my favorite books <laughs> but what is it this week?
1: Uh, well, actually, I've got it here. You've got uh, it. I occasionally get into a Years ago, I read uh, Tolkien, starting with The Hobbit, and then, of course, um, Lord of the Rings. Uh, and that, that was just fascinating. But ever since then, I've been periodically reading fantasy novels. And this is the one I'm currently reading, which is hopefully, see the title there Time of Courage by John Gwynne. I, I read the first uh, two takes me a long time because you can see they're actually quite thick. I think this is 600 odd pages or something, but they're actually very good, uh, very good books. And once you get into these sort of fantasy novels, uh, different worlds, um, all sorts of uh, things going on, you know, it's it's great bedtime reading. I find anyway, it helps yeah. me forget about financial markets and economics and what the RBA is going to do, um, and I can go off in a little fantasy world and fall asleep. All right. Uh, so yeah, so that's where I am right now.
2: We need a bit of fantasy in these uh, somewhat gloomy times. Thank you so much, Dr. Shane Oliver from AMP. We'll see you again next week. Quick look now at uh, just some of the market moves and, of course, what we're going to see in the week ahead. Uh, We mentioned with uh, Shane their retail trade, but these are some of their small cap uh, movers today. Forty Medical, now I spoke to the CEO yesterday. That's a great interview. Have a look at it on ausbiz.com. Just the movement in terms of medical imaging and the fact that they've now got Medicaid support in the US. They're talking to Canberra about Medicare as well. Uh, Okay, now let's have a quick look at what we're seeing uh, next week. There's some of the the small cap losers too. But retail trade, as we mentioned with Shane, uh, the monthly CPI, which we also mentioned will feed into what the RBA thinks, building approvals, the Judo Bank Manufacturing Index, private sector credit for October. And then when it comes to what we're looking out for in the week ahead, the RBNZ will have its decision. I mean, everybody, pretty much thinks they're done now, looking more towards when they'll cut. China PMI, US GDP for September, the US Federal Reserve Beige Book, and new home sales for October and home prices also for September. So, another busy week. We will, of course, keep you all across it here on OzBiz. And uh, we also just want to give you a quick look at where the market is. Half an hour's trade to go up by about a third of one percent. And as I mentioned, that means that we're pretty flat on the week. And as we know, we're flat on the year. All right. That does it for the COB. But of course, the last call is coming up next. Going to throw it over to Nadine and Andrew.